It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. Well, almost right, half right. I'm here. Uh, Brady is uh, not. He's with Wayne State, so he's like up in the north somewhere there in, I don't know, Marquette or somewhere. Uh, But Joe Cook is here, and uh, Joe filled in on uh, Friday night and did the Marine City-Richmond game. So uh, we will obviously talk about that. We're going to talk about all the games but I think Joe will start in Division uh, Three with the Port here in High King game. Uh, a lot of points, a lot of missed opportunities. Um, this game ended up a 15-point win for King, and it could have been a, a PH victory to shock the world, yeah. or King could have won by more. Yeah. Um, and and we'll get into all of that and and, and explain. All of those uh, happenings. And then you had a game that uh, at halftime, everybody's talking Richmond upset, and then it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, I even said it on the, on the call. I said, you know, wow, this this is a back-and-forth football game. And the, in the first half, going into halftime, was super excited to see what Richmond was going to come out and do in the second half. And then Marine City does what they always do, and they made the best second-half adjustments I've ever seen. And – they rolled to an easy victory running clock by the end of it. So We'll talk about that and a, a lot more coming up as uh, we start to recap the first round of the playoffs here on GetStuckOnSports.com. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Francic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Francic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810 810- 982-7044. DuraClean by Bachelor. Hello, 
This is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry-out. Call 810-378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, we're, we're going to start in Division Three, where Port Huron High was uh, hosting uh, King. King came in at 4-5, and five, and, and when you look at uh, things, uh, Joe, they, they had four wins against, well, teams they're supposed to beat. Yep. And then you look at their five losses. Well, they lost to Kaz Tech twice. Both games were close. And as I did more research on it, Kaz Tech beat them the first time 14-7, to and the winning touchdown came with like 14 seconds left in the game. And then the second time around, Kaz Tech won 24-23. So those were tight games. And then they, their other losses are what? I mean, out-of-state, really good teams. Yeah, like Moeller wins the state championship all the time. Uh, and and in Cincinnati in, in Ohio, and they they lost to another Ohio team that again wins their bracket all the time, and they lost to a team in Indiana that's just stupid good. So you know the the four and five record don't let it fool you. They walked out there with eighty kids. Yep, they have thirty two players on their roster that weigh at least two hundred and four pounds or more. They have nine players on their roster that weigh 300 pounds or more. Everybody is six foot to six foot three. They had a six foot five kid. They're big. They're fast. And here's the other thing about it. They're kind of young. Freshman quarterback who plays more like a junior or senior and a sophomore running back who plays like he's already in college. Um. They're good. Yeah. And and that being said, PH, the, the coaches and the players, they're going to have a hard time falling asleep tonight thinking about the plays that got away and the things that they didn't do right in this game that may or may not have changed the outcome. Because PH decided to play defense first. Yep. And on the third play from scrimmage, King fumbled the ball at their own 45-yard line. So all of a sudden, you're three plays in. and the first two plays, they got chunk yardage out to midfield. Then they they mishandled the the snap, and they fumbled the ball. And so you've got the ball at the 45, and your third down and seven, false start. So now you're third and 12. They go for it. They set up the hook and ladder play. 
near sideline right by me. Yep. I had a great look at it. Yep. If Peyton Mullins catches the ball and gets it to Gavin Troy, it's six points because there is nobody down the near sideline. Gavin could have walked it into oh, the end zone from about the 40-yard line, and the throw was right on the number, literally right hit him in the numbers. And he, I think he was thinking, i got to throw it to Gavin instead of I've got to catch it and throw it to Gavin. Yeah. And they don't get the reception, and it's a chance that goes awry. But, again, their defense makes some plays, gets a stop. They get the ball again in King territory to start a drive. Third and two, false start. Drive stalls. They don't make it on fourth down. And now King has gotten the rust out and the bus legs off, and they drive down the field, and Michael Duke scores on a one-yard run, and with 2.36 to go in the first quarter, you're down 7 nothing. where at worst you should have been probably tied at 7 and where you had a chance to be in the lead in that situation. So you, you don't play horrible in the first quarter, but you make enough mistakes that you're down 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And that's still, I mean, that's the game's right there. Seven nothing. I mean, and a couple things. I mean, number one, just based on what you described. I mean, there it's exactly what's going to happen. They're they're at home right now, and they're thinking about every possible thing that didn't go their way. That if it would have, they take down King. They're moving into the next round, and I'm telling you guys, you can't be too hard on yourselves because you played in a really really good team in King. I mean. Based on, and you said that they got this many guys over 204, they got this many guys over 300 pounds, they got a six foot five kid. I mean, the fact that it's 50 to 35 and you have a chance to win that game, Port Huron, give yourselves a, 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 a you know a pat on the back. That's impressive. But but you know they're they're still they're going to kick themselves. So now it's the second quarter. There's 10:14 to go. It's fourth and 16 for King. 31-yard touchdown pass, and the guy was pretty wide open in the end zone. So now it's 14 to nothing. Yep. You know, you're just like, keep everybody in front of you. Don't let – he can get 15 yards, but don't let him get 16, and they get 31 on you. But then they came to life, and and P.H. moved down the field. Gavin Troy scored on an eight-yard touchdown run, and you're 344 away from halftime. It's 14-7, and you get the ball first to start the second half. And King marched right back down the field uh, and and scored to go up 21-7 to with 2.17 to go. And then P.H. goes right back down the field. And uh, Jalen Young gets a seven-yard touchdown run after Amari Holler made one of the single greatest runs in the history of football. Um, that sounds like Amari. It, 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 because he didn't have much time to throw tonight. King yeah. had two guys in the backfield almost on every passing play until the fourth quarter when they started resting some guys yeah. because they figured they, they had it in the bag. Uh, and Amari was running for his life, and it looked like he was going to get sacked for a big loss, and he turned it into a, a 30-something yard run and first and goal to go. Uh, and so now you get to halftime, it's 21-14. to 14. You've scored on your last two drives of the half, 
So you're kind of, and you're getting the football first. So you're kind of going into halftime feeling pretty good about your chances. The crowd's all fired up all through halftime. They can't wait for the third quarter to start. And the first play of the third quarter, guy wide open in the middle of the field, and they overthrow him, and it gets intercepted, and it sets up a king field goal that yep. makes it twenty-four to fourteen instead of your momentum. And now you're back to kind of chasing the game, and and King made them pay. They went up thirty to fourteen. PH marched down the field. They're second in goal at the three. They fumbled the ball inside the two. And two plays later, kid busts a 99-yard touchdown run, and, and you go from maybe having it at 30-22 to 22 to it's 37-14 to 14 with two minutes to go in the third quarter, and it doesn't look so good. But PH didn't quit. Yep. They got a quick touchdown in the fourth quarter to cut it to 37-21, and then what happens 10 seconds later? 72-yard kick return. Yeah. And and now it's forty three twenty one, and you're going okay, it's over, but it's not. Yeah, King turns over the ball at uh, in in their own zone. Holler runs thirty five yards for a quick touchdown. It's forty three twenty eight. They try an onside kick. King recovers the ball. They fumble it right back to PH. So it's just like PH recovered the onside kick yep. now. They get an 18-yard touchdown pass to Gavin Troy. And with 3.39 to go and two timeouts, it's an eight-point game. Yep. And you're like, wow. That, like, and, and PH is coming. But they Michael Dukes III, remember that name. Okay. He's only a sophomore now. But he's going to be playing somewhere on Saturdays. <laughs> um, yep. He ripped off a 40-yard run. He had 15 carries. 213 yards, four rushing touchdowns, plus a 72-yard kick return for a fifth touchdown in in that uh, game. And uh, in his 40-yard touchdown run, made it 50-35, to 35, and then the game was over at that point. But if you would have told me before the game, Joe, or if I could have said to you, Joe, Gavin Troy is going to rush for 155 yards and a touchdown, and he's going to have 50 yards receiving and a touchdown, and Amari Holler is going to get 109 yards and two touchdowns, you probably would have thought, boy, PH is going to be king. Yep, 100%. And they lose by 15. There was seven, over 700 yards. I had 777 yards of offense, and King ran four plays that lost 40 yards. Yeah, yeah, that's what – yeah, that's <laughs> – I mean, that's insane. You, you watched you watched a Big 12 football game. <laughs> PH rushed yeah. for over 300 yeah. yards tonight. You uh, Yeah, you, you watched a Pac-12 Big 12 football game. And you know what's crazy? It's not far-fetched. What was it, Michael Duke the third? That's his name? Yep. Not a stretch. He could be one of those guys on Saturdays. So, yeah, um, I go back to what we talked about in the pick show going into this game. Port Huron, absolutely. It is without a question they can play with King. They could beat King. But if you're gonna if you turn the ball over, if you make silly mistakes and you give them the opportunities to pounce, they're going to pounce. They're too good of athletes and too good of a football team to not take advantage of those opportunities. So um yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I give I give a lot of credit to Port Huron for staying in it, not quitting and, and fighting until the very end. Um but the turnovers, the penalties, the false starts you mentioned early, those kill. Those are yeah. 
I mean, and, and I'll understand. It's a big playoff game, and just the you're you're playing king, two time defending state champs. Yep. They they've now won eleven straight playoff games, and they're twenty three and two in their last twenty five playoff games over a five year stretch in which they've won three state titles. Yeah. These things will get in into your head, and so I understand the excitement and the nervousness. And you can't have the false starts in the first two drives, but I get why they happen. Yeah. You know, yep. th- these are young men in high school. You're amped up for of course. The, yeah. the big game. And that's why those things happen. And I understand the mistakes, but the, but it was the timing. And, and if you look at it, this is where sometimes numbers screw with you because you'll go, well, King turned it over three times and PH got two touchdowns off of it. But the king turnovers that cost them came late in the game when they were up big. They're already up. Yeah, and the PH turnovers happened when the game is still up for grabs and gave King the big lead that you had to chase them the rest of the way. And I think that's the difference right there. I think when you're Port Huron and you're chasing the giant that is King, you know, the two-time defending state champions, when you're chasing the giant, you can't afford to make those mistakes. King can. Why? Because, well, because King wins – state championships, and they have the ability to overcome those mistakes. Not saying that Port Huron doesn't have that ability. Obviously, they still made it a close game at the end, but they can have a little bit more breathing room when it comes to those kind of things because, like you said, most of the time they're already up. So timing is everything, and, uh, yeah, it's just it's a tough one for Port Huron. So a uh, tough way for PH to, to end their season because they actually lose their last two games. They'll go seven and three. Kings five and five now. They're the four seeds, so they got to go on the road next week to Gross Point North. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take King by a million. Yeah, so will I, <laughs> especially after seeing them play. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind who the better team is for that football game. Uh, North uh, squeaked by Fitzgerald 25 22. I don't know what Fitzgerald did, but somewhere in the middle of the season, they became a tough football team to play against. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they they had whipped Gross Point North uh, in the regular season by 20, uh, but North gets revenge tonight. But thanks for coming, guys. You're going to host King next week, and, yeah, I don't think that's going to go well for them. Good luck. All right, uh, let's uh, move uh, on to uh, D4. Croslex was up at the half. Oh. 13-6, to six, and Harper Woods came back in the second half and won the game 20-13. to 13. Um, the reports I got from Brady, and he was talking, I think, to Mike Gallagher, who was down covering uh, the uh, game. Right. Uh, and he said Harper Woods had a lot of guys out. Okay. Tonight. Yep. Um, but be that as it may, that would have been a huge win huge. for Croslex on the road if they could have uh, figured that out. And obviously, whoever they had out, Harper Woods still can play defense. Yep. And they scored just enough against the Pioneers. Yeah, and you know what? It's I don't want to I, I don't want to harp too much down, but didn't Croslex have a game last week where they had the lead? They did. They, they had a, a, the a really big lead. So that's something going into next. I mean, I know it's it's you know you don't want to talk about next year. You want to talk about this year and how you're playing next week. But going into next year, that's something of note. You know. Going into games, having leads, losing leads is never a recipe for winning, obviously. But um, the fact that Harper Woods have got, has guys out, I don't know which guys. I wasn't at the game. Um, so the fact that Croslex played them that close and was winning for most of the game 
hats off because Harper Woods is a really, really good football team. Um, and, yeah, it's just, you know, I feel like it's kind of – it might be a little bit of the same story between the first game and this one. It's just missed opportunities. Um, and in the playoffs, every opportunity you get, you got to pounce on, take, and, and, and make the most of. So, so uh, what this means is Harper Woods will uh, be home next week to Marysville. Yeah. Marysville beat Lampfear 33-20. to 20, and, and I'm not sure the final score indicates that Marysville, I think, won this game pretty handily. Uh, Corbin Scheffler had uh, 26 carries for 249 yards and four touchdowns because apparently Lampfear listens to the podcast and they, <laughs> they were focused on Sakuchi. They heard us and, talking about Sakuchi and, and, Day. And Scheffler uh, lit him up. But uh, I don't. Yeah. You, did you talk to somebody from Marysville? Yeah, I um – I, I talked briefly. I uh, just got an update, really, um, from 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 Jim Disser. He's you know he's at all the games and and helps with the scoreboard and stuff. And um, what he told me basically was um, classic Marysville football: uh, ball control, run offense. Lamphere keyed heavily on Sakuchi, um, and Scheffler ran wild. So hats off to Corbin Scheffler. Way to come through when 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 needed and. I think, like you said, I don't think that the final score really emulates what this game was. I think if, especially if, if Marysville was just in, in ball control run offense all game, I, I feel like there was never really a shot for Lamphere in this one. And um, good win for Marysville. Um, strap them up because next week you got a challenge. Yeah. Every update I saw, you know, the Vikings are up 16, 17 points. Yeah. So, uh, and they win by 13. Yeah. So you've been in this situation as a Viking where you've had to go on the road against the, the team that everybody else is talking about. In your case, you had to go to Country Day. Yep. Um, and I don't mean to bring up bad memories, but it, it didn't go well it that did not. day. No. How does Marysville go to Harper Woods, ignore the noise, and just be Marysville, ground and pound, work the clock, hang on to the football, Finish a few drives and and play some defense, make some stops. Well, I'll tell you what. Th- I think the biggest thing is is you get into into these games. The preparation is everything. You can't be. I don't want to use the word scared, but you can't be intimidated by oh Harper Woods. You know, you're going in and you're playing every. You know, you're playing a football team that that puts their pants on the same way you do. You know what I mean? So, um, but at the end of the day, schematically wise, I think Marysville can't get out of their of their game plan. If Marysville is forced to throw the ball 15, 20 times, they're going to lose the game. Okay, that's not Marysville football. What they need to do is they need to stick to what they've been doing all year long. Okay, they need to get in a space where they're playing ball control football. Sakuchi off tackle, um, Scheffler up the middle, um, and then play action off of that and defensively, Harper Woods is going to have athletes. When they give – if they're going to do – like Brady said on, on, on Wednesday, they're going to do something really, really well. They're going to break off a 75-yard touchdown. It's what you do after that that counts because it'll probably happen early. It normally does. That's what happened against Country Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we went up – seven to nothing and it was like oh my goodness you know we're kings of the world and then a lot of touch on that pass huh a lot of touch on that pass that that ball made rain ball went to the moon (laughs) yeah yeah it was a good one it was a good one it was one of the best of my career um but you know what and then 
Country Day got the ensuing kickoff, and they threw a bubble screen that went for 85 yards and a touchdown. And after that, it was like, oh, no. And they went off and they scored um, 40 unanswered points, basically, something like that. Um, so if you're Marysville and you go in, Harper Woods is going to have a big play. After that, don't get down. Stick to your DNA. Come together. Do what you know how to do and play Marysville football, and it will be a game when you look up in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you know, I know everybody likes to defer and take the ball in the second half. Against certain teams, though, my thing is you're designed to run the football. You don't want to chase in this game. No, you don't. I'm almost tempted if I win the toss, take the ball first and try to get the lead yep. and make them chase you. I like or, that. Or if they get a big play, no big deal. We're tied. We get the ball back. Let's ground and pound. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, if you win the toss, receive. And I'll tell you right now, if Harper Woods wins the toss, they're going to probably defer anyway. Yeah. So you can pretty much say, give me the ball if that's your mindset. You're going to have the ball to start the game. Good. Go score some points, you know. Get the ball to Sakuchi. Get him in some space. Block well. Fake well. Talking to you, Zach Winston. Fake well. <laughs> See what happens, you know. All right. Uh, we'll get into uh, to the D5 uh, matchups in, in just a moment because you saw Marine City and uh, Richmond uh, tonight. Armado was at uh, Lutheran North, and they did what uh, Brady and I thought couldn't happen. <laughs> um, and uh, and we'll get uh, into uh, that uh, in just a moment, but we'll grab a, a break uh, here. More coming with uh, with Joe Cook and Dennis Stuckey here on uh, GetStuckOnSports.com. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer? Teach your grandkids to fish. Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. 
This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We will beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Oh, uh, you won't get this, Joe, but Corona beat Flint Hammondy 45-7, to and I'm actually glad about that score. Oh, good. Hammondy, okay, Hammondy last year, they went 8-1. and one. The only team they played all season with a winning record was the team that beat them, and they whipped them. And they were like they were winning games sixty-eight to nothing over teams that went zero and nine. They 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 played like four teams last year that combined for two wins. Oh, so I gave them no respect. Yeah. And in the first round, they go into Armada and they win thirty-six thirty-five. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what? Oh man! Well, no way they're beating Marine City next week. Blah blah. And they went into Marine City and they won, and they didn't lose until the the regional finals when they played. You know. So Hammondy's gone. Team. But Hammondy is gone. They are out. Get rid of them. All right. Marine City and Richmond, this is the game you were at. Tell us how what happened here. Yeah, so I – and I, I wasn't shy about it. I went into this game thinking Marine City was going to win big. They did. However, it was a little bit different than I thought it would be. Um, in the first half, Marine City comes out. They have a successful drive, and then – Atkinson made one of the better catches that I've ever seen in person in the end zone. He throws it deep. Benetti bats it in the air. Atkinson turns sideways, catches the tip in the end zone for a touchdown, 40-yard touchdown. Marine City's up 7-0. Richmond goes 3 and out. Marine City gets the ball again. Touchdown. Rushing touchdown. Just normal Marine City drive, pound the rock all the way down the field. Easy touchdown. So they're up 14 to nothing. Richmond then goes on a drive, and they score. So they answer, it's 14-7. Marine City gets the football. Neither team scored for a couple possessions. It was punt back and forth. And then Marine City had the ball inside their own 20. Fumbled. Richmond scoop and score. 14-14 ball game. This is with like five minutes left in the first half. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be an awesome game. You know, like it's they're evenly matched at the line of scrimmage. Everything's looking good. Um, and then Marine City got the ball, and 80-yard touchdown run. It's 21-14 at the half. And then Marine City did what Marine City does, and they came out in the second half. They made the best adjustments I think I've ever seen in a football game. And you look up in the third quarter, and it's a running clock. 
and it is what it is. I mean, Marines, they just they ran all over them in the second half. Um, big play on both sides. I don't think there was anything. I mean, um, let me see here. I got it written down. Yeah, so Evan Jones had, had, had three touchdowns tonight for, for the Mariners, all rushing. Um, and then um, – they, I mean, they, 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 it's, 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 it's unbelievable to me that they can plug and play anybody in that system. And I'm not taking anything away from the guys that ran the ball tonight because they ran hard, fantastic. They made guys miss. It was awesome. But, I mean, they can plug anybody in. They can throw their backups in, and they're still running the ball and getting first downs at the end of the game because the system and the coaching yeah. is just well, was so it, fantastic. It was, they gave the ball to Jacobs first time, and he went 75 yards yep. or something. Owen Jacobs, yep. He went he – went, the 70-yard touchdown, that was before the half, and then he had another one in the third quarter. Um, and then they got uh, Austin Brown. I didn't know a lot about him going into tonight. I know about him now. He is fast. He's not he's not huge or anything like that, but he come, they, they run him on those uh, those Marine City jet sweeps coming off the line. They yep. go, and, and when he turns that corner, man, he is like a bolt of lightning. It is, it's really fun to watch. So he played really, really, really well. Um, They've always got fast guys. They do. And then always at quarterback, I mean, no big deal. Lincoln Osterlin, I think he probably completed 70% of his passes tonight. Looked fantastic. Um, and in that offense, the quarterback doesn't get a lot of credit. And maybe this is the quarterback and me talking, but he played a heck of a game. Threw a touchdown pass to, to Atkinson and – I mean, great job. Um, on the Richmond side of things, Bergeon looked really, really good in the first half. Uh, I think they definitely keyed on him in the second half. It was actually Benetti that uh, on the keeper um, that that scored the, the the offensive touchdown for Richmond. Um, and then the it, the biggest thing though, they just could not. They were not on the same page in the pass game. And you know, sometimes it was. A drop. Sometimes it was an overthrow. It wasn't on anybody specifically, but they just weren't on the same page. Marine City played great defense, and I think for Richmond's offense, the type, the, the style of offense they play. If I would have told you, Dennis, going into the game, Richmond didn't complete their first pass until the third quarter. What would you have said? They're in trouble, right? Yeah, so that's part of their that's part of their game. Benetti to Benetti, yeah, is big for them. So I think for me. Um, uh, Marine City did what Marine City does. Richmond, um, you, you played a heck of a half of football. Um, and the the Benettis, they played hard. They did. Bergeon ran the ball really hard. Um, that Marine City front and those linebackers, when they make those adjustments, it, they make it look pretty. I tell you what, they're blitzing those gaps. Like I, it's just it's it's a, it's a thing of beauty to watch. And um, I'm just amazed how they can play teams that are bigger than them all the time, and yet they still get these results. Well, I'll tell you what. they got, And this is the thing about Marine City, and again, this is coming from a Marysville guy, so I know all about it. You know, they have 20 to 30 plays that they run, but they run them out of 50 different formations. Mm -hmm. And as a defense, it's all about – it really doesn't matter how big or how fast you are. It's all about where you're at and where you're going because if you – Go through the wrong gap, they're 70 yards in the end zone. You have to play them perfectly because – and here's the thing, and this is why they're, they've are they been so good for so long. They go in at halftime and they say, oh, this guy's shooting this gap and that guy's shooting this gap, so we're going to come out in this formation that we've had since week two and 
there it is. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And it's it's a well-oiled machine. Uh, uh, super impressed by Marine City. Um, and speaking of, they're, they're going to head into a matchup next week. It's going to be a game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just uh, a wrap-up on, on Richmond. Yeah. Because uh, what, what's Anthony Benetti? Do, is he a junior, or is he coming back next year, or was this his senior year? Um, he Brady would junior. know this. He's answer. a junior. He's a junior, He'll so they're, get, they're getting year. him back. Yeah, they he, don't have a lot of seniors. No, he, he, and, he and Dominic were pretty good this year. Yeah. Think about next year. Oh, and you know what? And there's one more guy that I want to give a real a big shout-out to. He's the guy that got the scoop and score. Um, Joey Judy, Judai, heck of a game on defense, man. You played your, your butt off. He was all over the field making plays in the backfield. He is a sophomore. He'll be back. Yep. I mean, looking at this, they only have one. They got another guy I like, uh, Browning, who sometimes they use as a wide receiver, and he's a young player. Yeah. And they got – and um, J.J. Hollister as well. Yes. He's a sophomore. Um, so, I mean, you, they're bringing – They've always got a good kicker, too. <laughs> oh, their kicker is fantastic. He punted, kicked very well tonight. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they're they're going to – they're going to be bringing back a ton next year. So, if you're Richmond, I think you use this as a building block. You use it as motivation going into next season because if history indicates anything, there's a heck of a good chance that you're going to see these guys again at some point. Yeah. So – I mean, if if I'm if I'm Richmond, if I'm the Benetti brothers, going into next year, you got to feel awful confident. Especially if you look start looking around the BWAC and you start seeing a lot of these senior-led teams, you guys are going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So. Yeah. Now, if you would have told me Marine City scores 51, Armada gets 49, so two teams combined for 100 points, and I'm thinking we're getting a Marine City Armada district final, and finally, and Brady will be happy because uh, we'll <laughs> finally get that playoff game that we want. And 49 was not enough. Lutheran North beat Armada 54 to 49. I was with Brady on this one. I, I had the buy-in that I didn't think Lutheran North was going to be that good. And obviously I was wrong yeah. because I do think Armada was playing really good football down the stretch. They were a couple of plays from being probably an eight and one football team this year, Absolutely. or at least seven and two. Yep. Uh, and they're going to end up five and five. And I don't know what happened in this game. I do know they were kind of down big at one point and I'm yeah. like what is going on it was at one point I saw I looked and it was like 41 28 that's not huge but I mean it's it's not what we expected that's for sure um and then I I, I looked and I said wow it was a five-point game at the end of it I mean that's so because I because again like Clarkson Everest nice football team but they're in d8 and they beat Lutheran North in week nine. Yeah. And it wasn't like, well, Lutheran North wasn't playing hard because they were already in. No, it was the prep bowl. They were at Ford Field. Yeah. They didn't sandbag in that game. Right. So, I, I, I this is to me, I, and I think you might, this is the most confusing result of the week to me. I was very confused. And, and obviously, we have more games tomorrow, but that. This confused me because I thought for sure, and as I'm calling the game, I, I said I on the air, yeah. Uh, this is for the this game's for the rematch against Armada because both teams lost to Armada that I called tonight. Marine City and Richmond both lost to Armada. And I said, "Yep, you win this game, you get a shot at a 
at, at one of your losses. You get to revenge your loss, and um, it just didn't happen that way. Lutheran North came to play, and we got Marine City Lutheran North next week. Yeah, and, and believe me, Marine City's is, uh, well, they're not as disappointed as Armada is, but they're disappointed because they they, they've got two losses to Armada the last two seasons, and they want to show people that that's not the way it is. And I know Armada wants to say it's exactly the way it is and beat them a third time yeah. and beat them in a playoff game. And, and again, we're, we're kind of robbed of that, and Brady's already been sending me texts from up north that uh, – <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. Mad. Of course but, he is. So Marine City Lutheran North, um, last team with the ball wins. I mean, like, yeah, what, I what's going on here? Or, or am I looking? Or should I be looking at this going? Oh, well, Marine City got a break, and now they're going to get an easier opponent next week. I mean, I don't know what to make of it because Lutheran North put fifty-four points up on the board against a team that I think is decent defensively. The, the one thing, and, and again, I, I haven't seen uh, Lutheran North play this year, but Armada did struggle against the pass, against Yale and against Croslex. So if Lutheran North throws the ball around, maybe that's why they scored. Maybe. And you know what? I tell you what, it's going to be a good one because guess what Marine City did really well tonight? Defended the pass. Very, very well. And it's not a slouch of a pass game. I mean, like we talked about, the Benetti brothers, they got Hollister on the outside, Richmond does. They have a good pass game. So I don't I don't I, I don't think you can sit here and say that Marine City has an easy win next week. I just don't think you can. I think you gotta respect Lutheran North now. You gotta take it at face value and you gotta prepare to play a good football game next week. I don't see any reason why Marine City should be looking ahead um yeah, you got to go. You got to go play and, and win a, d- a district title. All right, let's move on to D seven, uh, where Sandusky went to Cass City tonight, and the score at halftime was zero zero. These two teams have a lot of playoff history. The last five times Sandusky has made the playoffs, they have had to play Cass City, um, and three of the four games, Sandusky won seven to nothing. Cass City won, I think it was 21 to 14. And then the last time they played, it was 14 to 12 for Cass City. So being 0 0 at halftime, you're like, here we go again. Right. But something happened in the second half because Cass City ended up winning the game 28 to nothing, which when I saw that final, knowing that it was 0 0 at halftime, I was a little startled. I wasn't startled that Cass City won the game because I thought they were the favorite. Yep. Um, but I was startled that it ended up being a 28 to nothing score when I thought it would be a lot closer than that. Yeah, and I think you look at that, and uh, you got to credit the staff. Those are halftime adjustments if I've ever seen it, right? I think you got to credit the players. They came out determined at the half, and they were able to close it out. Um, I, again, I don't know exactly what happened this game. I don't know a ton, uh, but 0-0 at the half. There could have been turnovers. Um but overall, you know, Cassidy comes out in the second half, answers the bell, and and wins the game twenty-one to nothing. I've got some stats uh, here. Cassidy, okay. uh, Landon uh, shot, and thanks to uh, Gallagher for sending these along. Landon shot ended up rushing for one hundred and fifty-one yards and two touchdowns, 
and I'm going to guess he got it going in the second half. I would imagine. He probably broke off two big runs. That's my prediction on that. Yeah, and and that looks like that's where that game uh, changed over. I also wanted to see if Mike had nothing yet. Uh, we get ugly box scores, but <laughs> that uh, be fun. We, we don't have one right now. And uh, moving on to a D8. By the way, Cass City's going to have to play Millington, so good luck with that. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, Millington beat uh, Lakers 35 to uh, nothing. All right. So Burton Bentley made a long drive up to Ubley only to get shellacked 62 to 8. I actually didn't think they'd get eight, so maybe it wasn't that bad of a trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 62 yeah, does yeah. not surprise me. Yeah, I mean, what is it? Death, taxes, and ugly scores over 60 <laughs> at this point? I mean, geez, oh, Pete. They are unbelievable. I would love to look at that box score because I yeah, just Yeah, it, it'll get here after we're done uh, recording. I, I can Probably. guarantee that. Um, I want to just double-check this real quick, so I'm doing a Brady thing. I'm looking something up while we're talking That's okay. uh, on the air, but I believe that was Upley's 40th playoff win uh, in school history. And, it, and if that doesn't sound like a lot, you don't follow high school football very well. Yeah, that's a lot. yeah that, Upley is now 40-22 and 22 in playoff games. That's pretty darn good. That's Only okay. Marine City has one more. Yeah. That's I think Marine City won their 56th game tonight. They did. They did. Yeah. I. Uh, like I said, death, taxes, ugly wins a football game. Um, I don't want to look ahead to the next matchup too much, but they okay. got they got Beach next week. Yeah. Be- Beach actually kind of put it to Marlette a little bit, at least the final score, 28 to nothing. Harbor Beach beats uh, Marlette. Um, yeah. Man, that win over Beale City yeah. makes it tough for me to go. It's a slam dunk for Ubley, but Ubley beat him by 36 the first time. Yeah. Like, like Beach gave up 60 points this year, and 56 of them were to Ubley. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And, and when you lose by that much, it's not like you can sit there and say, oh, well, if this or that went our way that game. No, no, no. <laughs> so it's hard for me to look at this and say, well – you got a chance because I'll tell you what, Harbor Beach, you play your best game you've ever played, and Ubley, you got to pray that Ubley plays a halfway decent game, and then I think it's close. That's where I'm at. I think Ubley, most like, I mean, it's Ubley. They're gonna they're gonna score 50, 60 points like they always do. So, Beach, put up 50, 60 points and see where you're at in the fourth quarter. Now uh, the other bracket we're following in uh, eight. Uh, is uh, in Region uh, 4, where Everest beat Lutheran uh, Northwest 28 to nothing. I'm actually surprised it was that close. <laughs> I, I, uh, I thought Everest might put 50 up uh, against Lutheran Northwest, yeah. but wh- whatever. Uh, they got the win, uh, and they now can, if they want to, they can scout the game tomorrow, but th- they've already played Cardinal Mooney once this year uh, and beat him 21 to 7, but Mooney's playing tomorrow for the right to get a rematch against Everest, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in our uh, final uh, segment. Um, but uh, those were all the 11-man games that were played uh, tonight. There were a couple in uh, eight-man, and I, th- I think we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about those plus the three games that are coming up uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon. Yep. 
uh, that uh, didn't get played uh, tonight, uh, and we'll do that in just a moment. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We'll beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, two games in eight-man tonight, and uh, Brown City just being Brown City, you, you know, they're winning with defense. They're not scoring a ton of points, but they're scoring what they need. They beat Carson City Crystal 22-14, to and again, this was a game I, – I, you know, I put my faith in Brown City because they're 9-0, and and over the last two years, only Martin beat them, and Martin won the state title last yeah. year. 
Um, and but Carson City Crystal was eight and one, and because they are where they are in the state, you just don't know. Like, is it a good eight and one? Like, I'm sure teams look at the at the thumb and go, "All right, Brown City's nine and zero, but is it a good nine and zero?" Yeah, and so everybody questions it, but it sounds to me like we had two really good football teams play a really good football game, and Brown City ended up winning um, by eight points, um, and I think home field advantage probably had a part in that. Yeah, I mean, when you get two really good teams going up against each other, normally, especially in high school football, home field advantage is a really big deal. So it could have very well came down to, hey, we're at home, and it could have been a very even matchup. Now, th- the intriguing thing to me about Brown City, and let me just look at this, because you get eight-man football, you get some crazy scores. It's just the normal. That's the norm. And last year, all of their scores were crazy. I saw Brown City score um, three offensive touchdowns in 34 seconds in a game last year. And you're looking at these games they play this year, and, yeah, they've definitely – I mean, there's been times where they put up over 60 points. Well, er- early in the season, okay – Peck is in the stripes, and the difference between the Stars and the Stripes this year is like the difference between the Mac Red and the Mac Browns. Big difference, yeah. Um, and then they beat Dryden in week two, 66 to nothing. But again, Dryden hadn't played football for six years. The next one's interesting. They beat Kingston by 18 points. Yeah, uh, 38 to 20. They beat. They went to Deckerville and, and won uh, that game. Their other lopsided win was 60 to nothing over Mayville, but at the time. I told you that that Mayville was a fraudulent, undefeated team that didn't <laughs> remain. You know, Mayville started the season, I think, four and zero, and finished like six and three. Yep, and then they got the, the, the tougher part of their schedule was the second half, and then they got walloped. But since that game, since that sixty to nothing win over Mayville. Brown City has hasn't broken thirty points. They haven't broken thirty. Their, their biggest game was twenty eight to thirteen over Oakland Christian. They beat K Pack twenty to nothing, All Saints twenty to six, and Carson City Crystal tonight twenty two to fourteen. So I don't know if they lost somebody on the offensive side of the ball, but I do know this on the defensive side of the ball, hardly anybody has scored off of them. Forty eight of the points they've given up this season were Kingston and Deckerville. Yeah, and. I mean, again, a great defense in eight-man football is not – it's not something that you're like, oh, yeah, that's to be expected. That's that's saying something if you have a great defense. So, to me, it's interesting because do we know the result of the Kingston-Marrow game? Kingston won 46-6, so we're going to get a Kingston-Brown City rematch next week. And it was only an 18-point game the first time, and I say only because, again, we're not talking about a 40-point win. We're talking about a game that – very easily could have been a one-possession game towards the end in the fourth quarter. So it's intriguing to, to, to check out that matchup next week, especially the way that Brown City has finished the season scoring less points. Maybe it's better competition. Maybe they lost somebody. We don't know. But Kingston coming in off, you know, after absolutely rolling Merrill, they could be riding high. It could end up being a very close back-and-forth game. Comes down to the wire. Well, King- Kingston can do one thing. They can score. The the 20 they got against Brown City in Week 3 is their lowest output of the season because they had 62-48, the 20, 56-58, 34, 48, 38. Uh, they lost to Lenaway Christian, but Lenaway Christian's a really good football team who might win a state title this year. Uh, 28 to 48, and then they get the win over Merrill with 46 more points tonight. So, yeah, that's an interesting game. 
again at Brown City. I'm not going to pick against the the Green Devils, but this is a team in your league that that you know knows you that yeah. you've played against. Both teams know each other. They want revenge. Um, and, and and I always feel like it's it's t- it's tough. Some teams it's not tough to beat a second time. But good teams, it's tough to beat a second time. Very much so. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that that's a very interesting uh, matchup, uh, and 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 I know already that uh, Brady's going to be hyping that one hard. Um, all right. The other eight man game, which we also was, it was kind of a toss up here, and again, I think home field advantage uh, had had something to do with Deckerville beating Morris forty six to forty. So the Eagles move on. They're not going to know who their opponent is uh, until tomorrow night because it's a 7 o'clock kickoff or Saturday night. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff out in Portland. Portland St. Patrick is hosting Fulton. Portland St. Patrick is the the favorite to win that game. So primetime. Deckerville's probably got to travel to Portland next week. Yeah, and you know, Deckerville, good win. Um, I'm... I'm curious to see what's going to happen because I again St. Patrick's favored to win. You look at who Deckerville has gotten all year, and they're coming off of 74 to six against Pack. This team can score points, you guys. Deckerville 42 to nothing. Deckerville 44 to six. Right, so they can score. They lost to Kingston by 12, who just played really well. Um, yeah, and they and they put what did they not? They put up the most points against Brown City, did they not? Am I crazy? I think I think. Yeah, did. Deckerville did. Yeah. So this team can score points, right? So um, going to be interesting to see what that other game looks like going in and, and what we got with Deckerville, uh, especially on the road. Like we said, home field advantage is huge, especially in the playoffs. So, All right. Uh, there is some activity going on later uh, today since you're all going to be listening to this early Saturday morning. Um, and uh, uh, Port Huron Northern Scott Roseville, 1 o'clock kickoff. I'll have that game yeah. over on uh, Stream 1. Gross Point South beat uh, Lance Cruz 24 to nothing. So South is sitting there. They beat both of these teams this year. They beat Northern in week one, 38-3, to, uh, three, and uh, I, I don't remember the Roseville score. I can look it up real quick, though, like Brady would. Um, but they beat Roseville. <laughs> Brady's here uh, in spirit. In, <laughs> yes, he is. 16-7. to seven. So they've beaten both of these uh, teams, so they're going to sit back and just hope that Roseville and Northern beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, and I think it's nice being able to look at your next matchup and say, hey, we beat both teams, right? That's not a bad position to be in. But let's talk about this Northern game tomorrow because I think it's going to be a good one. I think – and, and what, what was the people? It was, what, 91% Northern? Yeah, the, the, the people picked Northern in, in this one. I, I think they're the slight underdog. But yes. I do think, Joe, that there's a path to victory here but a lot depends. Like I can't figure out Roseville. How can you beat two MAC red teams? And and I realize they beat Anchor Bay and Romeo, who by MAC red standards had off years this year. But yep. they're MAC red teams. They're really good. Yep. And Romeo beat both of them, or excuse me, Roseville beat both of them. But they didn't win the MAC white. They lost to Lakeview and Gross Point South. And again. Good football teams. It's hard to score on Gross Point South. But if you're beating red teams, shouldn't you be beating all the teams in the white? 
it would make sense, right? I mean, um, yeah, it's it, Roseville's tough to figure out. I agree because I was trying to make my picks for this game, and I just didn't know. Because I, I definitely think, like you said, Northern is the underdog going into this one, but I don't think a win is unattainable here. I think if Northern plays Northern football tomorrow, they play good defense, they're scrappy on offense, they're going to be in the game at the end of the day. I don't see a blowout happening. I don't think Northern, with that defense, they're a tough team to just run through. I mean, th that defense is tenacious. So Going to be colder on Saturday. I don't know how, how much, but I heard possibly by as much as 20 degrees colder. Well, if Roseville slings the ball around a lot, that makes a difference. It does. Uh, yeah, it, they're just weird, okay? They lost to Lakeview by four. They lost to Gross Point South by nine. Their other loss was to Harper Woods, 24 to, to seven. But they beat Romeo, 33 to 30. They beat Anchor Bay, 22 to 19. So two close wins against Mac Red teams. So there's five really tough games. Yeah. But in their four other games, they beat Brother Rice 41 to nothing. They beat Ford 64 to 6. They beat Utica 35 nothing and they beat Lance Cruz 53 to nothing. So I mean it's like there's you the the numbers just don't all add up to 6 and 3. I feel like they're 6 and 3 but they should be Eight and one, nine and zero, oh, and so it it just it doesn't make sense. So that part of me, they scare me a little bit. But the other part of me is like the last four weeks, Northern's playing really good football. Yeah, yeah, and all you can do if you're Northern, you go in and you play your best game you've played all year. Which, if you look at the games leading up to this game, that is what Northern has been doing. They're building momentum, and momentum in football is so important. So if you can just carry that over into this football game, you're at home, you got your crowd. Roseville's going to – I'll tell you right now, Roseville's going to come in and think they're going to roll this team. That's what that's what Roseville's mindset's going to be. They're already looking ahead to Gross Point South. Yeah, to the rematch. Yeah, so if you're Northern, what do you got to lose here? I mean, just go out and play a good football game and see what happens. Um but you know what, Northern, you should want to get a, another shot at South because they beat you bad in week one, and you're kind of a different football team than you were in week one. Reminds me a lot of, and, and I know circumstances are a little bit different, but reminds me a lot of Marine City Armada. Armada got the best of Marine City. They won by 20 points week one. Um, and Northern, you have the chance to do what Marine City won't get to do because Armada lost, and you have a chance to go avenge that week one loss. So... Yeah, it's 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 interesting how that one's going to shape up. Um, Saturday game, ooh, it's a good. That's going to be a good one to call, Dennis. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, and again, uh, the winner will play Gross Point South next week. Over the other side of the bracket, just yeah. in case you're interested, De La Salle beat Cousin 49 to six. No surprise there. Uh, UAD beat Mott forty-seven to fourteen. So UAD and De La Salle. We'll be knocking it around next week hey, for the right to play the winner of Gross Point South and either Northern and Roseville. Yeah, hey, Dennis, can I go call that game? <laughs> <laughs> that looks like it's going to be an awesome one. That, that, that's oh, a pretty man. good matchup, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and nobody will feel bad if UOD wins that one. Nope, not at all. Uh, I think we're all, outside of De La Salle, I think we're all tired of De La Salle. 
Yeah, that's that sounds about right. So, um, all right, uh, to D six, um, and the, this game will actually be played at Richmond tomorrow because the field at uh, Elmont got all tore up last week. But a one o'clock kickoff, Elmont and Clintondale. I almost hate to say this because every time we do, we end up being wrong. But if if I'm wrong about this one, it might be time to retire. Because I just don't see there. I, I, there's no formula where Clintondale beats Elmont unless the Elmont bus breaks down on the way to Richmond. Yeah, give me the Elmont spread. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Elmont has been so impressive all year long, and I think, I think they are. They got re- They they should get rewarded in round one with Clintondale. And no offense to Clintondale, but Elmont's just a really good football team. Um, so I I, I like Elmont by a ton. And at and at the same time, uh, Warren Collegiate will be hosting Clawson, uh, and uh, it'll be a race to see who can get into running time first. Because uh, Clawson won the bronze, but they have got no chance in this one either. Again, if Clawson upsets Collegiate, then they are not anywhere near as good as we have been hyping them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's. Because Brady thinks this is almost the state title game in the district final. It's not March yet, but we got two one versus sixteen matchups on this side of the in this district. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like okay. How often do well sixteens win a little more than the, the no, not this time. Nope, nope, not I this mean, time. I, I am I am pretty darn tootin' confident uh, in this one. I'm also pretty confident in Cardinal Mooney. You'll be at this game tomorrow, 1 o'clock at East China Stadium. Mooney against Arts and Technology Academy of Pontiac, or we're just calling them Pontiac A&T. They're a program that doesn't have a whole lot of uh, history. Uh, I think this is only their third year, and they've won 10 games in three years, and I believe five are by forfeit. Uh, and Brady gave me that information, so I, I hope it's uh, right. Uh, they, they won by forfeit in week one this year and then went 5-3 uh, and three after that. Uh, they lost to Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes, who, uh, and I know we're not supposed to do it this way, but Mooney, property. Yeah, Mooney beat them by 32. Yeah, you know, I, I don't see Mooney losing this one, uh, but – I, for one, because I'm calling the game, I'm hoping for a great game. So I hope that I am <laughs> pleasantly surprised by A&T. And I, I still, you know, Mooney's are is – I want Mooney – you know, it's going to be a good game. I, 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 that's, I'm just going to believe it. I'm going to say it. Make, fake it till you make it. It's going to be a great game tomorrow. Um, but if I'm being realistic, Mooney should handle business tomorrow and be looking at – a district championship game. All right, so the kickoffs again are at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Listen, stream one or two, uh, starting around 1240. I'll have Northern Roseville. Joe will have Cardinal Mooney and Pontiac A&T. Brady will be back after the the weekend, and uh, we'll take a look at uh, the uh, second round of the playoffs when he gets back on uh, Tuesday's uh, show. So that's all we've got now, unless you've got something else to add. No, just uh, looking forward to those matchups. tomorrow and then in the next week we got some good ones so that is the truth from port huron to marysville and st Clair to marine city the blue water area is stuck on sports